Should we ever change off the smooth jazz or do we just keep this forever as our intro? We'll probably change it at some point. At some point. I listened to the one from our last season the other day. Do you remember? I do. I like that one. Guys being dudes. I love we that one. We might bring that one back. We have to bring that one back. I need to try and find the audio file again. I'm telling you, if it's if it's two years in a Google Drive, it's a cloud of dust now. Oh, good. Other you than should... my own wedding photos, I don't keep anything in a Google Drive. If you drive. think our Google Drive is a mess, you should see like my personal one. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. My personal one is an absolute nightmare. <laughs> It is so bad. Welcome I've got in stuff from like 2011 in there. to our college football podcast. This is Pat's interference. I am Patrick Norwood. I'm joined by my uh, spectacular, more handsome. Like if you've never seen Patrick Brinkman, just imagine a slightly taller, much more handsome Greg McElroy, and you've got I'm it. Ready for this joke to be dead forever? <laughs> it's not gonna be. It's, like it's that's just how it is. The beard helps. I think if I had been quarterback at Alabama from 2010 to 2011. 20, uh, 2009, brother. He was a national champion. Oh, yeah. 2009 to 2011, Julio Jones would have broke the uh, all-time <laughs> receiving record. <laughs> yeah. Marquise Mays would have been a first-rounder. Should have been anyway. Should have been anyway. Darius Hanks at least second round. Uh, so, we had week zero last week. I was in Vegas. You were uh, a little... Uh, hold on. 20-second intro. If you've never listened to this podcast, this is a college football podcast run by two of the best friends in the whole world. Whole world. Went to Alabama together, uh, and now we're just doing a podcast. It's a little bit about Alabama. It's a lot about college football, and uh, we kind of do it when we feel like it. I like that um, description. Yeah. Did you just come up Alabama. with that? Yeah, that was pretty good, though. That was awesome. That was right off the dome. Um, so, yeah, enjoy. It's it. You, episodes are usually kind of long, so if you find us being boring, just skip around a little bit. We're not going to get offended. We'll never know. No, the fact would. you clicked on it and listened is enough. We don't look that much into the analytics to see like when people are listening and when people leave. No, what are we, the Tampa Bay Rays? It's Sweeps Month. Happy Sweeps Month. Happy Sweeps Month. Don't forget, Jade, it's Sweeps Month. We got Jade in here. Jade's doing Sudoku. Sudoku. So you can't hear her, but she's laughing really hard. She thought that was hilarious. Uh, all right, so the weekend recap. I was in Las Vegas with the lovely Jade Norwood. Jade, say a woo if we want any money. We want a little bit of money. That's that's the appropriate amount of wooing for that. No, it was fantastic. I it heard was, all it about it. Time. It was a good time. Tell the tell the good listeners about your uh, excursion to Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. We uh we had a good trip. Jade's favorite band of all time is the Killers. Their hometown is Las Vegas. So January January, goodness. July twenty first, twenty twenty one, I bought us Killers tickets in Las Vegas. Cross my fingers and toes, hope the Bulls did not have a homestand. If you're a new listener, I work for the Durham Bulls. Go Bulls. And uh, of course we did. Of course you did. Of course didn't. we did. So Obviously. I missed three or four days of work. Shout out to Megan Johnston for covering on video. Paxton Rembis for helping out uh, Andrew Green on social. And Andrew Green for always doing great work there. Uh, despite me not being there. And I know that I'm just mainly just the bulk of our content really. Um, without me, the place just kind of crumbles. Not really. I'm being facetious. Um, but big shout out to those three. Leslie Martin, of course. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a good time. Won a little bit of money on Northwestern Nebraska hitting the over. We're going to talk about that game in a second. Um, would hate to be Scott Frost. By the way, happy Scott Frost Day. Happy Scott Frost Day. Um, it's Scott Frost Week. What are you talking about? It is Scott Frost Week. When he gets fired, we're actually going to throw a party, right? That's a Scott Frost Day party? You're going to be happier than I will. I just think it's hilarious. I just think it's so funny. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm going to be excited. All when right, we let's get let's talk topic. about that in a second. Let's get to your weekend. You had Jules come down with yeah, Old Cliff. My little, my little sister came with her boyfriend, um... All of my family had visited me since I moved here, except her. Except Jules. And she was in college, and then she's now in grad school. And so she found a little pocket of time in between 
those starting and stopping and starting and stopping to uh, fly here, frontier cheap tickets. Um, and yeah, we just had a good little weekend together, got to show around Durham, and um, always good to have a little sis in town, always good sure. to have Cliff in town, and uh, and yeah, we didn't win any money, we spent probably a little bit too much money, but that's all right. That's a lunch in Durham, weekend. I mean, so. Yeah, that's right. Bring prices down. Inflation's insane right now. Uh, week zero, not kind to a few people. One of them being, uh, I'm going to say biggest losers for this segment are uh, Scott Frost. Scott Frost. Not easily. Nebraska. Scott Frost. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say uh, Austin P. They didn't, they didn't play terrible, but they were showing flashes, and then the flashes immediately died. Poor like, Austin P. And then, uh, and then actually, I'm going to say the Utah State Aggies. They did struggle again with UMass. UConn. UConn, I mean, not UMass. UConn. UConn. Well, they're basically the same program yeah, at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, left a lot, I guess, a lot to be. The, weren't they? They were like, I don't know, 20-something point fav- yeah, they, favorites. They were 27.5 point favorites, and they won by like 8, 11 maybe. Um, it just it wasn't an impressive win. And then you turn around, and this is why one of my biggest losers, even though they won, you turn around and now you got to go play Alabama at Alabama, a game you, myself, and Jade Norwood will be at. Jade Norwood, hit me with a woo if you're excited. There we go. Uh, that's that's a big loss, but again, the biggest loser of the weekend. Scott Frost, dude. I've been wondering for a while whether it was a Nebraska problem or a Scott Frost problem. It's and I'm not even going to cop out and say that it's a little of both, even though that's probably the truth. But I watched that game, and I watched where Nebraska was. And when they were up, what was it? 10, 14 points. At they, were, one point. they were up by 10. They were up by 10. They'd and they had the just touchdown. gone up by 10. Yeah. They, had the, they had the nice touchdown run. The place was rocking. The, 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 you could see the body um, and the energy. Everybody going crazy. Yep. And it felt like that was a big moment for that program. I didn't think they were going to go out and win 10 games this year. But then they, they come out and they, obviously we got to talk about that onside kick. I mean, I've, I have not seen a college football game in many a year where you can pinpoint one decision that everyone agrees with is the decision that lost you the game. When a team is winning, I'll add that as a qualifier. If a team's losing or they're tied, yeah. The moment they did that, the energy, the body language, all of that went right out the window. Well, and you saw them get scared. The the flood of memories of him going five, he was five and 20 at that point in one possession games. Okay. You saw all of those memories come back. And it was just like PTSD. You know, the joke last year was that Nebraska was the greatest 3-9 and nine team of all time. Yep, I remember. Because they lost all those one-score games. It was like two years ago when Ole Miss was the greatest 4-8 and eight team of all time. <laughs> right. So then we sit here and we go, all right, were they just unlucky, right? Is this just sort of a COVID hangover? Are they, have they been unlucky? Are they still just growing pains with Scott Frost? And then they go out and that happens. Another one-score game that they lose like that to a, a vastly should be inferior opponent, although it's probably not that inferior to talk about Northwestern and Nebraska in that breath anymore. So, what week does he go? When does he go? How how much? Let's look at their schedule. I mean, honestly, a lot of people were asking, like, "Oh, will he even make it back from Ireland, dude?" If they didn't fire him after last season, what makes you think they're firing him after the first game? In Ireland, what's the earliest acceptable in any situation? Let's say, let's say we have the situation right. What is the earliest acceptable game to fire a when coach? Did, when did Tiger get fired? Because I don't think that was appropriate, but that was about the right time. 
It was a few games into the it season. It was like two or three, right? Yeah. I feel like if Scott Frost... Okay. Let's just go through answer. this. You've got uh, Northwestern. You lost by three in Ireland. You've got North Dakota at home, Georgia Southern at home, Oklahoma at home, Indiana at home, and then you go to Rutgers. Okay. If he loses any of those games outside of Oklahoma, there is a good shot he's so gone. So th- th- you're saying he's gone after his next loss then? Uh, if it comes, if it's not Oklahoma, if it comes before, um, if it comes before Rutgers, so if they lose this weekend, is he gone? Yeah, North Dakota. Yeah, you've got it. Oh, yeah, sorry, so you after me? North Dakota, week uh, three. And it's not North Dakota State. Yeah, this is North Dakota. Okay, I meant, I mean, yeah, who's the, who's week the three? former Fighting Sioux, Georgia Southern, and Gasso can put a whooping on people. Yeah, I mean, Georgia Southern could beat them. They can, they can really let people have it. Triple option, especially. I don't even. I don't think they run the triple option anymore. I may be lying to you. I think they run a modified triple option now. Anyway, I think if he loses any of those games before Indiana, he's gone. Unless it's the Oklahoma game, and because it's Nebraska and because it's Scott Frost, I fully expect him to scrape by the skin of his teeth against Georgia Southern, and then for no reason at all keep it within one possession of Oklahoma with like two minutes left in the game. I'm a little. I'm just shocked at how bad it got, and how bad it, or not even how bad it got. How bad it just, it never got good. It never got going. I'll be honest. I thought it was a good hire when it happened, because it, of the whole coming home factor. He was comfortable there. He knew how to be there. He I, he knew the area, and because of the success he had at a school like UCF, I thought he could come into Nebraska and right the ship from where it went after they got rid of Bo Pelini. I, I wasn't saying he'd turn him into playoff contenders. I am not going to sit here and say. Nebraska made a bad hire at all because this is what it's going to sound like I'm saying I would never say that it was a good hire it seemed like a slam dunk hire you took a guy from a G5 but you didn't I feel like Scott Frost really could have benefited from either staying another year at UCF or going and getting one of those mid-tier P5 jobs right profile wise go let him coach at Illinois do what PJ Fleck did go from Western Michigan to Minnesota and then PJ Flex looking to get a couple more good years in them and they get a big shot. You know, let Scott Frost go coach like a Mississippi State first. At one point, okay. I think Nebraska and Mississippi State at this point are similar jobs. And that should, I know it's Harrison. I know Nebraska is supposed to be a blue blood. But but that's what I'm saying. Is How many you, years have to pass until that goes away? Because you don't have that expectation with Mississippi State. Right? Like Dan Mullen is an outlier there. Right. Right? You don't have that expectation. Mike Leach is a great hire for Mississippi State. Because he he knows there's no expectation to win immediately. He knows people will trust him to do his job for at least four to five years. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. I guess what I'm saying, because I know that, that just hearing what I said would make people mad. What I'm saying, how long do we no longer consider Nebraska? As soon as they lose that blue blood status... Then they're middle of the pack. Then they're a middle of the pack conference team. But we still treat that job like it's, you know, because of the, all the success they had in the past. But well, at one point, Army was the most successful college yeah, football yeah, program of all but time. But Army in 1945 doesn't compare to the pressure of 1990s Nebraska winning two straight. When do they lose Three that straight? moniker of being a blue blood? Though when do we when do we just oh, disassociate it's it with, that, with that? I, I think it's gone. That's what I'm saying is is because you you'll still see lists made about who are the blue bloods of college. If you Google it right now, they'll be on most lists. I mean, when do we drop them from that? Forever. Very respected source, friend of the podcast, Brett McMurphy, had him in his top twenty-five this year. Oh, well, headed into the year, and yeah. tweeted about you know because they were up big. They were up like what ten nothing, thirteen yeah. nothing in that game, and he tweeted like, "Welp, 
Looks like I was the only dumb dumb who put Nebraska in my top twenty five, and then that's had why to. You, that's why you don't tweet in the second quarter. Backpedal. Uh, I, I so. And this is the last thing I'll say, and I know this is going to make a lot of people angry and maybe even ruffle your feathers, and you know where this is headed. This is why you don't hire people who claim national championships after beating a four-loss team in a Peach Bowl. I think Nebraska is going to have a hard time finding a, a coach that they think is qualified enough to coach there because if it can't work with Scott Frost, their golden boy... So you think it's a Nebraska issue? Because I think, I it's, think it's very. Frost I think issue. it's almost equally a Nebraska issue, yes. I think it's a Scott Frost issue. I don't think he was really ever prepared to take that job. I think the hype of UCF got to him a little bit, and I think the pressure got to him. But, dude, he could win the crazy stat that everybody's tweeting out. I wish I could credit, I could credit someone, but I saw it retweeted so many times and posted so many places. I don't know who to credit original credit to. Look it up for your own research. Scott Frost could win the next 50 5-0 games at Nebraska and still have a worse record than Bo Pelini. Yeah, worst winning, worst winning percentage. That'd be like four straight national championships. That's insane, the worst. dude. That is insane. Um, no, the reason I say that it, I I don't know that Nebraska, I don't think that they'll ever, you know how we always talk about Miami, are they going to be back? Texas, are they going to be back? Nebraska, I don't see coming back because no, they're, uh, Nebraska- any, any, any talented high school football player right now is, is way too younger. I barely remember Nebraska being any good. Um, they're... Conference is getting much more top heavy. Yep, all the money's going to those guys at the top. Uh, they got more dudes joining that conference that make it a lot ha- harder. And and Nebraska doesn't have the same appeal. No, for for uh, for a five star athlete that these you know Texas hasn't been good for a while, but I, there's still a ton of appeal to go to Texas, a ton of appeal to go to Miami, USC, a ton of Who's appeal to go to USC. Conference. Who wants to go out and play football in Nebraska when when they're not a, an established power and there's no recollection of them being good in the last generation? It's just it's bad. It's bad. It's it's a bad look. UCF, it, 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 Nebraska, all of it's just bad. Nebraska to me relates most to Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. And fair. we can get into that later this season for a certain episode that I've got circled on the schedule. Um, I want to talk about the other side of the ball there. Okay, I. I really hate Pat Fitzgerald. I really don't like <laughs> Pat Fitzgerald. Do. I mean, neither of us like him, but um, I, I think he's. I and it's, he just. This guy tried to come after me on Twitter the other day because they tweeted a video. Okay, Pat Fitzgerald tweeted a video of himself drinking a Guinness in the locker room after a game. There in Ireland, I get it, but I'm like, dude, why would you do that in front of your players? It feels weird. And, and why I, is it on your team's social I, media? I believe that I said he had a smooth brain. It could have been said. Probably too far. But I had this guy come after me like, the legal age of drinking in Ireland's 18. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sure they're letting those football players drink right now. I, I just, it, 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 it baffled me. I'm tired of Pat Fitzgerald looking like a gene. Like, okay, if you're a Northwestern fan, you're listening to this podcast. Here's what I will say to you. Do you realize how good you could be if you cut the fat literally and figuratively? Fat Fitzgerald, get rid of him. <laughs> Go get a PJ Fleck type. Go get a Lane Kiffin type who is looking to bounce back or coming out of a G5 or go to FCS. Dude, go get South Dakota State's coach. Go get Sam Houston State's coach. 
Go get one of those guys that's young and hungry and wants to prove themselves. Let them get in Northwestern and run an offense that people either haven't seen before or that's fun to watch because the only reason Northwestern won that game was because they did not play like Northwestern. They well actually threw the ball. And that never happens. But Pat Fitzgerald is one of the most uninventive, uniquely dumb head coaches I've ever met. Yeah, I mean, he's got a different soundbite every offseason that, that, that is just ridiculous. The, the, the RPO is communism. Or no, he said it was socialist. The most fun offense that people are running in college football right now is socialist. Said the NIL wasn't good for recruits. Like he's just he's just dumb. Yeah, he's he's always he's all yes. He just always gives the worst. He's taste. always a contrarian, but in the wrong way. As somebody who just loves college football, he's bad for college football. Uh we're gonna move on to very quickly, uh the only real other game of note, I mean, was I guess um a lot of people talking about the way Drake May played in North Carolina. He had a great game. Um, yeah, no, he did. Hey, what was going on on the other side of the ball? Anything big? They gave up a, a good bit of yards to Florida A&M. Do you know what happened? I didn't watch Florida A&M right. nearly had to forfeit the game. Because I do know that. They happened, almost yes. didn't have enough eligible players. Yeah. And we're sitting here bragging about how many yards Drake May threw for. Well, the thing I wanted to say about Drake May, because I know that you work with a lot of UNC fans that like to... Shoe body do I. Um, and they like to remind you that Drake May was committed to Alabama. Yep. Highs main. Lot of those, lot of those texts coming through the other day. You do know the reason that Drake May decommitted from Alabama, right? Because we got Jalen Milrow. No, the reason he decommitted, he decommitted his junior year, or sorry, going into his senior year, because Alabama got Bryce Young. That's soft. Because Bryce Young flipped. Soft. And then when Bryce Young flipped, he flipped. I think App State could uh, sneak up and get him this weekend. He knew he'd be sitting behind Bryce Young, so he, you know. And now he's going to start a year, clearly a year sooner. Now he's going to be sitting behind Chase Bryce. Our friend, if you want to see a video of Patrick Brickman interacting with Chase Bryce, you can go to our TikTok at Pat's Interference, by the way. I think that's what it's called. Uh, Moving on, because. God, Drake, man. We're going to re, we're going to, we're going to re, uh, we're going to relive that this year later. Yep. Uh, Week one, as most seasons go, has a ton of great games. Um, up and down the slate from beginning to end. Actually, you even have a couple good ones on Thursday. Uh, you've got Pitt and West Virginia. We're going to watch that one together. I'll wait for the backyard brawl on Thursday. Who are you taking? Right now? Yeah. I'll take Pitt, but not by much. And I, I, it's, it's going to be a rock fight. Yeah. I'll take uh, I'll take JT Daniels coming out and, and showing us why Shoot. he was. Shoot. Can I flip my answer? No, it's too late. I'm committed. I'll take JT Daniels in this I, one. I, for the record. I want this on record. I think it's going to be West Virginia, but I've already committed to Pitt, and so I'm going to commit. Okay, that's the Thursday game. we got the Friday games. We're going to have a just discussion about each game, short discussion, yep, yep. and we're going to give our predictions. Yep, um, yep. I don't know chronologically when they are, so I'm just going to go in the order I've got them on this docket. The you, big one. You forgot one, and I want to mention it, but keep going. Yeah, you can bring it up uh, as we go, but yep. um, obviously the big game of the weekend is Notre Dame, Ohio State, and the, really the big thing is here, that's a top uh, a matchup of what top five, six teams. Yep. And Ohio State is a seventeen and a half point favorite. Are you t- what? What spread would you take if you're betting right now? I'd probably game? take Notre Dame in that, for the simple fact that I think this happens a lot with Notre Dame. It happened last year. They beat. Uh, I'm sorry, Oregon beat Ohio State last year. That's yes. what happened. People just assume it's impossible to win in Columbus. It's really not. Ohio Ohio State has started decently slowly the last couple years yes and i know that this year they've got a lot more coming back than they did last year as far as experience goes but they still start slowly and they have for that's that's been sort of a thing with them i would take notre dame 
minus seventeen and I, I would too. I, I don't think I don't think there's any way that um that Notre Dame really gives up. I like I, I understand that Ohio State's offense is gonna be the latest, greatest, most awesome, best wide receiver room, greatest quarterback ever, but you you have two sides of the ball to play on and uh they got smashed by Utah for an entire half last year on that defense and then lost pieces to that defense. And now, granted, it's Ohio State, so you can reload, right? Mm-hmm. It's like an Alabama or a Georgia. You can reload easily. But first game of the season, getting those preseason jitters out, getting all this hype in your head, out of your head. I mean, look, you're Ohio State and you get down by 10. You're starting to sweat bullets on that sideline. You don't want to let the fans down. You know, you've got all these expectations for the season. Everyone unanimously picks you to go to the playoff to win the Big Ten. And all of a sudden, Notre Dame, a team with nothing to lose, who is a 17-and-a-half-point dog, comes in and all of a sudden they're up two scores. Maybe they get a little cheeky, a little onside kick up 10. Scott Frost joke inserted here. Um, I think you've got Ohio State kind of sweating bullets. Will I be surprised if they cover that spread? No. No, they're a seriously talented offense. But I think that's just a little bit too high for two top five programs. Yeah, I'm. I think it's going to be more of an eleven to fourteen point type win for Ohio State. I think they're going to win convincingly. I think we're going to consider this in our heads a blowout. But I think that Notre Dame will technically be the one that covers. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, so I'll take I'll take Notre Dame in the spread, but I'm taking Ohio State straight up. Shout out Kevin McMahon though. Boom. Oh. I hope you have a great week one. I hope he never forgets it, and I hope he has a lot to celebrate and tweet after the game. I hope he does too. The next big game, uh, Florida and Utah. I'm taking Florida straight up here. Taking Florida straight up. I was with you, and I actually even made this bet with you, and since then I've kind of backed off of it. I, I'm but tell not. me why you're taking Florida straight up. The three games where Utah really struggled last year on defense were against rushing quarterbacks. And this sounds like the save in like, oh, rushing quarterbacks that can throw, look out. But in all seriousness. Go look at all the games where Utah struggled last year, and it was against a quarterback that had wheels, okay? Especially against BYU. And now you look at a team like Florida, whose defense is fairly talented, not that deep on offense. You know, they're one injury away, I think I said last week, from that season completely collapsing. But Anthony Richardson's that dude. I am buying Anthony Richardson right now. Until somebody can show me that they can stop him, because I'm not convinced that Alabama beats Florida last year if he plays in that game. No, he was injured. I know he was. We all and, thought he was going to start and he couldn't play. And he couldn't play, and I thank goodness for that every day. Because I, I genuinely think Florida would have beaten Alabama that day if Anthony Richardson had played. Because Alabama played so terribly. While you were talking, I just looked it up because I actually thought this was a neutral side game, but it's actually a night no, game it is, in the swamp. You know who's going to this game? Paxton Rimbus. Yes, you did. Okay. Yeah, uh, I Paxton Rimbus, Cam Brindle have a great trip. As we speak right now, you are wearing the uh, Cincinnati vs. Committee shirt designed by Paxton Rimbus. You can go to his website. I believe it's PaxtonRimbus.com. Find a copy of that. You know what? We'll post that link in the episode description. You can find it right there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I yeah, I just don't really... I don't know if Cameron Rising can keep it up. I kept waiting last year for the wheels to kind of fall off for him. And they did a little bit in the Rose Bowl, but they also lost like a million people, and then he got hit in the head really, really hard. Um, I'm interested to see you t- if if Utah wins this game, I will buy Utah, and I will feel very, very nervous about putting USC in my playoff, which many of our listeners uh, cut me in half for last week. I would imagine. Nah, I don't care. 
It's fair. I mean, you got to listen. You would have been. They make it. I look like a genius. You would have been killed for picking Cincinnati last year at this Shoo, time. buddy. Right? So, I mean, you know. Tell them about it. You, you pick chalk. Nobody wants to listen to you. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Florida straight up. Um, I think Utah struggles, especially in a hostile environment, especially somewhere that's uh, so close to sea level that is going to be humid and hotter than anything they've ever experienced in their entire lives. Next game, I like that. I'm actually, I'm you. I flipped to. I think Florida's going to win. If I had to, okay. And and I think I'm glad I went with that bet. Before with we get to this next game, can I insert one here? Yeah, go ahead. It's a good segue. Cincinnati and Arkansas. Oh yeah, I did forget that one. Um, I expect Arkansas to win this one decently handily. I do too. I do too. I think it was a nice little Cinderella story for Cincinnati last year. I think they got a little too big for their britches towards the end of it. But if you're a G5 team and you make the playoff, you're the first one to ever make the playoff. UCF didn't even make a playoff, by the way. I want to mention that again because I don't think some people heard it. Do you remember the time that UCF didn't make a, didn't even make a playoff? Not even once? Not even one time. When undefeated two seasons in a row, didn't even make a playoff? That's tra- so traditionally, embarrassing. Traditionally, when a G5 team like this, unless you're Boise State of the 2000s, loses a generational talent like they had at quarterback last year... <laughs> For them, that wasn't. I mean, yeah, no, that no. Was, sorry, I didn't mean to. Right, giggle. Desmond Ritter was as good as it's ever gotten yeah. on their off on the offensive yeah. side of at quarterback. Yeah, Dan Marino. It was Pitt. I know. I'm just saying he's like as good as Dan Marino. Oh, okay. okay. He's That's like John saying. Elway. That's what you're saying. Joe That's Montana. Just saying. For them, that was generational, right? Desmond Steve Young Ritter. <laughs> Steve McNair, not Steve Young. Future Falcon starting quarterback. Uh, <laughs> nah, it'll be Bryce Young. Um. No, but to lose as much as they lost and losing a guy like Sauce Gardner, who's even more generational for them, they don't generally recover from that immediately. And Arkansas has basically everybody coming back. I was about to say, Arkansas has the most players returning other than, Um, I think, Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, they're ju- I think they're going to struggle. I think this. Where is that game being played? Is that a? I actually don't know the location. That's that that's at Razorback Stadium. So yeah, that's not going to be a fun time. Um, Arkansas is a seven point favorite. I would I would take I, them. I'm over. probably going to take the. Uh, I'm probably going to take Arkansas on that. Yeah, I would take Arkansas. I, I, on I that. see Arkansas winning, but more like 14, 17. There's ground. The cat that my wife and I adopted for about uh, six days outside had kittens in the bush. Ground, thanks for coming by. If you're wondering what the setting is for this podcast, we're in my garage. We're in this garage. We saw a kitty cat walk by. Another game. Um, the spread won't make you think it is, but Oregon and Georgia is an interesting matchup. Great. Uh, no, I'm so fun excited the other game. day when Kirby Smart, somebody asked him about, you know, about Oregon not naming their starting quarterback. And he said, I already know who their starting quarterback is. And I'm not concerned. To something to that effect. He didn't say, I'm not concerned. But I already know who their starting quarterback is. We're fine. Yeah. Everybody assumes he's talking about Bo Nix, right? So we got Bo Nix now playing Georgia for the fourth time in his career. Um, There's no way. There's no way he's going to be the starter. Are you serious? Yeah, everybody's expecting him to be the starter. No way. Georgia by 50. This has been this has been a few weeks. Georgia is going Bo to, Nix has won Georgia this Georgia is absolutely going to kill him. Nick's had a really good spring game. Has been and Ty Thompson has been very underwhelming since he got to campus. What's funnier, Bo Nix beats Georgia or Bo Nix gets killed by Georgia and gets pulled? Bo Nix beats Georgia is way funnier. Everybody expects him to lose God, to Georgia. That's so what funny. he's famous for. God, that'd be so funny. Um, no, but the spread being seventeen, Georgia favored by seventeen. Whew. That's steep. What's going on? That's what I'm saying. Which which spread do you feel more confident? That in? Georgia seventeen or Ohio State seventeen? Oregon's got a good defense, and they've got now a defensive-minded coach in for the first time in forever. I will I will probably say I like Georgia 17 more. 
I like Georgia by 20 plus. The only reason is, and this is going to sound dumb, <laughs> I see Georgia and Atlanta as more of a home game as Ohio State and Columbus against Notre Dame. No way Oregon's fan base travels to Atlanta for that game. No, no, no. That's a home game for Georgia. And I think plenty, That's bigger than a home game I think for plenty of Notre Dame fans actually do show up to the, the shoe. Um, and Georgia's coming off, off a national championship. I don't know if you've talked to a Georgia fan since that happened. They're, they're insane. They will spend top dollar to make sure they buy every single ticket in that stadium. I think the talent gulf between... Georgia and Oregon is much bigger than the talent gulf between Agreed. Ohio State and Notre Dame. Agreed. Um, and and this is one of those quasi home games. Florida State's going to deal with the same thing this week. And we're about to talk about that game a little bit, but like, it's technically a, a neutral site game, but it's in Atlanta, right? So it is a home game, but it's even more than a home game because now this is this is a realm of fans that don't always get to make it out to Georgia games because Atlanta is a lot more accessible and easier to get to. Just like New Orleans, yep. you get a whole string of LSU fans that just don't get to make it to Baton Rouge. But they're always, they, they live in New Orleans. That type of game. So, uh, I, I, I like Georgia by 20-plus. I think Georgia wins this by about 24. I think, yeah, I think Georgia takes care of it. I will say I think whatever the under on this game is, you should take it. Yeah, because I don't see Bo Nix putting up a lot of yards on I don't see Bo Nix putting up a game. bunch of yards. And we don't know what Stetson Bennett's going to run out of the locker room. Um, But I just don't. That, that Oregon defense that you talked about, they've got a defensive-minded coach. That's such a massive, and it has been for the last three years now. Oregon was always known for the high-power offense, the running gun, and the, the you know, the, the, the uh, LaMichael James, that whole crew, right? That was always their identity until like three years ago. And then it was just, no, our front seven is just going to be better than you, and our defensive backs are going to hold on long enough for our front seven to come hit you. Is Mario Cristobal defensive mind? He's offensive-minded. I mean, he's an offensive line coach. He's an O-line coach, but he's a line coach. He wants yeah. to win games in the trenches. I guess I just I I, I, I never said saw, the first time in forever. I was just thinking out loud. Myself, I, I never I saw I Oregon as a trench mob team. Yeah, you know. No, they were soft defensively for years. Yeah. And then Georgia Georgia by a lot, but taking the under. I mean, like I won't yeah. be surprised if that game's like Sewell and 20, Thibodeau, twenty seven ten right on defense. Um, next game on our list, uh, one that we'll be paying a little bit of close attention to. And don't have you looked at the line for all the games yet? No. What do you think the line is for North Carolina App State? Oh, I have I have looked at this one. Dang, I was I hoping talked about it at work it. today. It was uh, one and yeah. a half. UNC is a one point favorite over App State. I'm taking App State straight up. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, yeah, I'm gonna take UNC, but not by a lot. I'm taking I'm taking App State. I, I I don't I I think that UNC has been doing a lot of resting on their laurels this week. And maybe that's because I'm new to the area and I listen to sports radio in the car because I... That's the worst thing you can do in this area. I, I get bored with, with my Spotify on like for a few weeks at a time, you know, when that happens. Yes. You've listened yeah, to the yeah, same, yeah. you're like, right, yeah. I'm kind of bored with my music and you kind of like start listening to the radio. You've listened to... Like the, a peasant. You've you've listened to the Pat's Interference newest episode like four times. Yeah, you're just tired. Yeah, of it. You're, just yeah, tired. Yeah, yeah, you're like, yeah, all right, yeah. I've already memorized a word for word. All of our listeners are probably there with you. Um, I would say, yeah, sorry, uh, sorry to my, all my Heels friends, but... God, I, I just something think about a noon kickoff and Boone just doesn't feel noon and Boone, baby. Noon at Boone does not feel right for North Carolina after they played a horribly inferior team and didn't look great outside of the quarterback position doing that. That game was too close for too long. And I feel like I say that about North Carolina all too often. Um, I think Drake May is good. 
I don't know if he's great. I don't think Chase Bryce is great. But like I said on last week's episode, this is a huge game for App State. I think this is one of the best weekends. Paxton and I were talking about this earlier. I think this is one of the best weekends in the state of North Carolina college football-wise. Probably ever, ever yeah. Ever. Because you North, have, you, NC State's got Eastern Carolina. Yeah, ECU. On the road, by the way. Yeah, that's funny that both these teams are going. I mean, that's cool. That's really cool for the area that they're, they're both they're leaving both the triangle. Yeah. yeah, And then Duke's got Temple, and we're not going to talk about Duke's that got at all. Furman, but, right? Is it Temple? I think Duke's got Temple on Friday. Yeah, I mean, they're going to lose. It's it is what it is. Yeah, Duke's. If we weren't leaving, I could have gotten us into that game. The you Duke, probably could have gotten the me in Duke that game, game? Too. buddy. We could walk in. Yeah, no one's going. They're begging people to show up. That would have been kind of fun, actually. We could probably get credentials to a Duke game this year. We could get credentials. I can't to the get Duke. credentials. I mean, they, no, no, no. They no. put them in Happy Meals in Durham. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for Duke to win the ACC this year. It's gonna be um, so funny. All right, the last really key game is Florida State LSU. Why is this a key game? Uh, What's because, key game about this? Because I predicted LSU to finish around five hundred, so I'm hoping to start off on a really good foot. <laughs> This isn't a key game. Not a key you game. You left off Arkansas, Cincinnati, and went for LSU, Florida State. Well, it's, it's LSU, and it's not going to be close. This game's in Baton Rouge, isn't it? It isn't. No, it's in. Uh, well, it's in New Orleans. We, yeah, that's what I was saying. It's in the Sugar Bowl. Is it? Yeah, that's news to me. Eric yeah. Brickman's LSU, going. LSU by fourteen. My parents are going. LSU by fourteen. Your dad's going to have a worse time there than he did the Women's College World Series last year. Oh wait, he didn't get to go to that game. No, but he did go to the UNC FSU. Football game and basketball, basketball game. game. Basketball. And it was the <laughs> worst, worst game I've ever been please, to. Please tell that story. Um, well, the thirty second story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've got the Snapchat saved just to to get a recollection of this what the score was. But I brought my parents here in February. It was their first time visiting me since I moved here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got them to come by getting them tickets to a Florida State North Carolina basketball game. Well, and you bribed them with margaritas with Jade Norwood. That too. But I got them that for Christmas and. When I got them, Florida State was playing really well, and North Carolina wasn't playing very well. Florida State was ranked higher than North Carolina, who we know also actually went to the national championship game. National title game. We saw the national title uh, team play twice last year. Yes. And, and um, then Sorry. Florida State had a bunch of injuries, and that's right when North Carolina started getting hot. So anyway, they came. We had a good time. We went to the game. But it was the most pathetic performance I'd ever seen from what should have been a competitive basketball standpoint. Yes. From what Florida State put the on the floor. The spread on that game was three and a half, and I took the heels. And it was 24 to 1, North Carolina, before Florida State scored a field goal. I was three rows up that game. You were there too. We were both there. I forgot yep. we were both there. Yep. Shout out. Shout out Nathan Stoner. Getting so my dad and I, my dad, you know, I, I get my parents to fly here for that game, and my dad's watching his his poor beloved Seminoles just lay an egg that we'd never even seen before. Just absolutely get massacred. And again, we're talking about almost the entire first half before they had a field goal, before they scored a bucket that wasn't a free throw. So that was fun. Um, no, I mean I brought that one up uh, just because it's Florida State LSU, and how often do we see pr- those two programs face no, off? No, that's that's fine. I'm taking LSU by 14. Um. LSU completely crapped the bed last year in their opener. You remember UCLA? I do remember Just that. Just like the woodshed. Max Johnson threw a pass behind his back Yeah, to avoid a sack. Should have been picked. And uh, you, you know I'm you know, i not big on the Jaden Daniels experiment there. I just He's going to sneak up on you. Not in every game. 
Well, I hope not because I, I said I said on the pod that's that's what I stand. I, I on thought this that podcast. was a good prediction. I really yeah. do. Yeah, but that was like the prediction that I'm going to be thinking about in the back of my mind all year uh, that I'm nervous about. But I'm uh, anyway. yeah, I'm going I'm going uh, LSU by 14, and I think the hype train gets going for LSU just in time for it to crash and burn. I see an ugly, ugly game going. I see. Uh, I didn't say it wasn't going to be. Yeah, ugly. I see an ugly game, and I don't see it being pretty enough on either side for anybody to separate by 14. Um, um, I'll th- still pick LSU though. Do you think Bama's going to win on Saturday? I think that they'll be able to scrape by with what they have on offense this year. Okay, Utah State's coming up to the plate. We will be there. Me, you, MC, Jade, all going down to Tuscaloosa, meeting up with Tyler and his new uh, blushing bride to be. Yes, Ashley, Amo, Vanessa Ferrari, as she was known formerly for like two weeks, and for she like hated till she hated it. She plucked up the strength to say she did not like that nickname. Yep, which is crazy. It's a it's an Italian volleyball player. Why would you not like that name? It anyway. was literally the first thing to pop into your mind, and you just were going to run with it forever. Well, Tyler wasn't going to tell me your name, so I said, okay, well, I'm just going to call her Vanessa Ferrari. Anyway, uh, Bama released their depth chart today. Let's talk about that for like two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, they released it yesterday. Who is? What's the biggest shock to you on the depth chart? The biggest shock to, I think, everybody was Kobe Brent- Prentice, the freshman, having a spot to himself as a starter. No slash, no oars. It was just slot receiver Kobe Prentice. He's starting, and yep. that, I think that I think that is the first true freshman wide receiver to Alabama to have a designated starting position since Julio Jones. Judy had one week one, but it was a slash. It was an oar. It was him or whoever we. That's really Ridley, interesting. We had at the uh, time. I'm excited to see Kobe Prentice play. I'm also excited to see Jacory Brooks play. I think a lot of people had Jacory Brooks in that role as a starter. As a starter, and he was um, not. After the Auburn game last year and those three, two or three big catches he had in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I he think, scored against Cincinnati. I think people expected Treshawn Holden to be up a little bit bigger. Um, he is a starter. He is a starter. Holden Holden won the starting position thinking, over Brooks. Uh, Christian Leary as well. Yeah, Leary. Prentice won it over Leary, and, and, ba- and essentially Holden won it over Brooks. Um, and I, I, think, I think that's one that shocked everybody. Um, Which this was JoJo Earl's position until he yes. got hurt. He was yes. he was the starting slot receiver and was probably going to stay as such. Um, he got hurt and Prentice scored. Should be out another, I think, three times. Four in weeks? The two scrimmages. Yeah, about three, four, four weeks. weeks uh, so, you know, that's going to be interesting to see how that goes when JoJo Earl gets back um, to full health. Um, but, yeah, I think that was a surprise. I think uh, a lot of people seeing Kool-Aid McKinstry or uh, uh, Elijah Ricks. Elijah Ricks? Yeah, I just always call him Eli Ricks. That's okay. I think it's Elia, but we'll, we'll yeah. go Eli. Eli Ricks. Um, I, I think seeing that kind of jarred a few people because we had heard just how good Ricks was. I was going to ask you, do you think that's more of an injury or do you think that's more of him learning the defense still? I think because the other position had uh, Kyrie Jackson or Terry and Arnold yes. as starters. So both positions had oars. And I do think that has to do with, all right, Ricks and Arnold, sorry, Ricks and Jackson were supposed to start and probably were starting early in the fall. They didn't do anything to lose it except get hurt. But while they got hurt, those other two guys came in and played well. Stepped up. So it's it's still TBD. I think that I do think the McKinstry and I do think that Arnold are going to be the first ones to take a snap because they were the ones that were healthy and they were the ones that have been playing. All four of them are going to come, come in and play. And, and that won't be settled uh, for a couple weeks. That won't be settled against Texas either. The other part that I think was a little surprising was seeing the kick and punt returners. Um, you had uh, punt returning, you had Kool-Aid. 
I'm happy with it. I've seen Kool Aid return that. punts in high school in person five or six times. He was. He, I've never seen a muff a punt, so I'm, I'm happy with it. Yeah, no, uh, cool flex. Uh, Thanks. Jameer Gibbs on kick return duty. I've seen him return uh, kick. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Stephen A. Smith. Well, I have seen Kobe Prentice in person a few times too. If you need more flexes, Jameer Gibbs is a great friend of mine. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I'm excited to see Jameer Gibbs return kicks. I was thinking about it the other day. Um, I believe the last running back Alabama had returning kicks would have been, unless I'm speaking out of turn here, uh, would have been D. Hart. Brian Robinson returned kickoffs last year for a long time. Did he? Yes, he did. We got to talk about that. Or was it two years ago? I think it, was it was two, two years, years ago, ago when he was spelling I think it was two years ago. Yeah, when he was yeah. spelling Najee, he was returning um, kicks a lot. Just right quick. We're done with the depth chart conversation, right? Anything else you want to bring up? Um, just, uh, remember Otis, that's, um, that's going to, uh, two or three people have said that they've never seen a freshman on the line come in and look the way he has size wise. And he was listed as a starter too, as a true freshman. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. Uh, thoughts and prayers, T's and P's up to Brian Robinson. He's out of the hospital. He's back with the team right now, which is insane, which is awesome. Said he got shot. I, I believe he got shot twice. Yeah, once in the body. glute. Once uh, through the knee, through the knee, but didn't hit anything. I'm going to ask you right now, as we are both uh, massive, massive uh, uh, experts in anatomy. How does that happen? The knee's not a big area. Now, granted, my knee is probably a little bit smaller than Brian Robinson's, but you've had both your knees worked on. Yeah, I guess that just hit a bunch of cartilage. I missed the kneecap and I missed the ligaments. I guess there's that space in between from what I know from when I hurt my knee, and that's not a munch. That's insane to me. That's crazy, though. That's absolutely insane. So shout out Brian Robinson. I hope we get to see him on the field soon. He was going to be the starter. More than anything, I just hope he's okay. Yeah. I hope he's okay. I hope there's no you know, uh, serious, serious PTSD or mental repercussions from this because that could be a very traumatizing event. That could really mess with people for a long time. And I hope that he keeps the same speed and burst and power that he's had as well. Always. Obviously. But yes. even more than that, I'm happy he can walk. That is, that is Not to quote Charles Boyle, but they said if the bullet had been three inches over and eight inches higher, I could have been paralyzed for at least three weeks. Whew. That's, That's one good, of that the greatest a, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That was a really good ever. reference. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Let's move on. Um, the last thing we need to talk about. Bama, Utah State. Just run me through. We, we don't need to talk about score. We don't need to talk about covering because that's a pipe dream in these games like this. It's, it's like the spread's like, what, 48 and a half? Mm-hmm. That's insane. No one no one bet on that. If you're betting on that, you have a problem. Go talk to somebody. I mean, we're going to bet on it, but that's because we'll, well be yeah, but we're, we're going to be, we're, gonna be we're just a couple of cool guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you want to see from that game? What things are you excited about seeing? I want to see how the the receivers come in and play. Uh, what kind of rotations they use, who they play together, who they play together on certain situations. Third long, who's in the game. Second and short, who's in the game. And then I want to see um, cohesion from the offensive line. I want to see Bryce Young not running. Because even in the games that we played against, that we had blowouts. He was still running for his life last year sure. during huge spells of the game. Sure. I want to see them hold the, the, the pocket for him longer than they did in any of our games last year. So those are the two things I'll be looking at. And I'll watch uh, J.C. Latham almost, like I'll tunnel vision him a few times too. I really want to see the one-two punch of Will Anderson and Dallas Turner get going this week. If they don't get it going immediately in this game, 
it it doesn't make me worried, but I will be a little disappointed. I'm not even remotely worried in our defense right now. I, I'm not worried. I'm saying what I want them to be. And remember, if you need to listen to last week's episode again to get my expectations of Dallas Turner and uh, Will Anderson, you can. It's just the one before this one. Um, I predicted both of them to have massive, massive seasons with a ton of uh, sacks, hurry-ups, tackles for loss, everything. Um, they need to get that going this week. Uh, so I'll be watching that. I want to see. Uh, I want to see Jameer Gibbs play. You know how much that'll, I love running the football. Fun. That'll be. Fun. I want to see Bryce Young just go. You know what? I know it's second and five, but I know we're going to pick this up here on this uh, inside give. We're going to at least get four yards here, and I think that will really help open up the offense. Like you said, the cohesion on the offensive line is big. More than anything, what I'm most excited to see Saturday in Tuscaloosa, Mary Caroline Sharp experiencing her first game. This is not her zone. No, this is not this her is world. Not where, this is not what she this does. This may be one of single digits for her in her life. But I'm just excited to see that first time. I really need, because we have end zone seats. What I really need is for us to be... I need Jameer Gibbs to take the opening handoff 75 yards of the house, run right at us, and throw her the football. Hey, champ, here you go. Hey, slugger. And then tosses her And the ball. throw her the football, jump up in the crowd. We're 15 rows up, but he gets it to her somehow. And he, he, like, he, like, he punts Yeah, it. he doesn't go to the it's front row. Full... All, he doesn't go where the front row where all the kids no, are. No, he no, goes no, right no. for her. He's like, he's like I, that girl. I wouldn't be intimidated at all either if he did that. I'd be so No, thankful. I'd be overjoyed. Yeah. I'd be kissing his helmet. Yeah. Is that weird? No, there's nothing weird about that. Yeah, okay. That sounds normal. Uh, Yeah, good. It's going to be also Bama 54 to 3. I'm not going to it. our defense only giving up three points in the first game of the season. Only giving up three points. I'm going to go. I'll go 52-14. I'm going to put it right at 48. I was doing the math 38? in my head. That's 38. 38. I'm going to put it right at 38. I just, I just don't see. You know how these games go. You were at San Jose State 2010. That was your freshman year. Julio with a one-handed grab. From AJ McCarron, who overthrew him horribly, but luckily he's a living embodiment of the Predator. I do know how these games go. We always kill people way more than people think we will in the first week. Miami, Wisconsin, USC. And what do all three of those opponents have in common? We killed them. And they and we are. covered the spread. Keep going. Do the math. They're, they're all... Power five. There it is. So if we're going to do that against power five, we're definitely going to do that And what do we do week two against a Mercer? Well, who cares? Okay, well, we'll pull the ones midway through, you know, at the after the first drive of the third quarter, and then the twos come in, and the twos go three and out immediately, and then we punt. Except this time around, it's Jalen Milrow leading the twos, and we're going to keep on That's scoring. true, and he is an actual horseman. He is built like a Taurus, both the vehicle and the mythical creature. But 50, we should have had Drake May. 54 3. Or did I say 52-3? It's one of those. You said 54-3. I'm going 52-14. Jade, you got anything to add? Roll Tide. She said Roll Tide. I think that's a good way to end it. What do you think? Roll Tide? Straight from the horse's mouth. Roll Tide. A bug just flew down my shirt. Do we podcast on the road on the way back, or is that going to drive MC insane? That would drive everybody insane. Yeah, I don't think we're going to do that. We'll do it next week We'll see you guys next week. Tuesday? Oh, we got Fantasy Draft on Tuesday. Maybe beforehand? We'll see. We'll talk to you at some point. We'll talk to you at some point. We love you. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Real tight. Hey, one of the greatest weekends of the year, buddy. Nothing like, like watching Christmas it with morning. my best friend in the whole world. In the whole world. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.